Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. It's so nice to meet you. Um, if this is your first time listening, this is a really weird episode to start on. So don't do it. Go back and listen to like episode one. Fall in love with me first before you hear today's. Um, today's a super, uh, I don't want to call it strange. It's a vulnerable one. Um, this has nothing to do with chiropractic today. Um, so this podcast is for chiropractic women, and I would say today's subject is very much a woman subject. Um, it definitely could be a man subject, too. Um, so it's interesting because so we have four different core um, cores that the podcast is about, one of them being self-development, one of them being momming, one of them being relationships, one of them being like business marketing branding. And this kind of falls deeply under the idea of self-development um, and relationships. And we're going to be talking about body image and self-love. So self-love is, in my opinion, this kind of like flowery, <laughs> this is I'm an asshole, so like, of course, I would call it flowery, like, um, is like this nice way of being like, oh, you should just love each other or love yourself, right? But I feel like there's not a ton of open relation or not open relationships, open communication and conversations out there from people who might not love themselves, right? Like, we're just saying, like, you should love yourself. And if you're someone who's like, but well, what if I don't, how do I get to there? Today is um, a piece of my heart sharing some of the work that I do um, on my process of getting there. Uh, so I believe, you know, from everything that I've learned with the podcast so far is that women just need women. And I'm sure men need women and men need men and whatever. Um, but like, we just need this place to feel safe, to talk about things. Uh, I don't foresee anybody ever writing in this question. And so I was like, you know what, I will just share 
some of the work that I'm doing. So you guys know that, I mean, I've alluded to before that like my husband and I go to a marriage counselor. We love it. It's awesome. Um, I've shared that I'm a self-help book junkie. I listen to podcasts. I do all that stuff, right? Like Brene Brown. Woo, she's my girl. Um, but one of the other areas in the last year that I have started to work on is um, I've started to work with a fitness coach in the last couple months and not so much from the standpoint of like, yeah, working on my fitness, like let's get this uh, body banging. Um, some of that, yes, but a lot of what the work that her and I do on the phone is on more of the mental side of things. Um, so today's episode, it's going to be really hard to hide from you once you kind of go in that I have body issues and I don't share this for the sake of oversharing. Um, it's really, it's obviously a very vulnerable personal thing. Um, but I think it's important that one from a place that I don't ever want to be put on any pedestal by anyone. I want to be put on a stage. Hey, if you want me to speak, I will come speak. Um, but I don't want to be on a pedestal. I don't like showing up as perfect for people. I think we have enough of that just in social media and everywhere in our life. And I don't think it's contributing to women showing up authentically um, unless they see other women showing up authentically. And a lot of times that means with our brokenness. Um, so my biggest fear, just to be honest, is that um, nobody's going to get anything out of this and that there you are all just going to listen and be like, oh, poor Lauren, geez, she's real broken um, and stop listening. So please don't stop listening. Um, but also just know that I'm not broken and needing your help. Like I have coaches, this is great, uh, but I hope that this helps someone listening in some version. Um, what you're gonna be listening to is, her name is Megan, um, and her last name is Sanvi, and she is a fitness coach, but she'll talk a little bit about her story, and she shares um, a lot of her history around like an eating disorder and like not healthy, body issues. And so I'll talk to you. You'll hear us doing a coaching call. Um, she has her own podcast. And so how this actually started uh, was she said like, hey, would you like to come on my podcast? And I was like, yeah, but I didn't really want to show up and like be that chiropractic female mom who's got all everything together um, because I was I'm a client of hers currently when she asked. And I was like, what if we did a twist and what if we just recorded one of our coaching sessions and you got to share with your podcast, um, it's the Fit and Fierce podcast, um, you got to share with your listeners what it would be like to coach with you and then I got to share with my listeners uh, a subject that I know nobody's going to write in about, like, you know, we're a chiropractic female podcast, um, I don't think somebody's going to be like, hey, Lauren, how do I stop hating my thighs? Um, if you want to write in, I would love that. I will, I will talk to you. Um, but yeah, so that's what today's subject is about. It is the rawest that I've been. So like I said, 
little nervous, but I hope you guys love it. Um, before we go into the audio recording, I'm just going to um, do a prayer. Dear God, oh gosh, is this a good idea? I think it is. I hope so. I am just a servant of you, and I know that all of my insecurities and thing that I'm going through is can be used for good, and there's a point to them, and they are just a part of the impact that I can make with other women. Please, please don't let any of the women hear my brokenness and take it as a judgment on them. Um, that's the last thing that I would want is anybody to walk away from this and think like that I have any th negative thoughts about them. Like uh, this is this is my issue and please let it inspire someone who maybe has been dealing with some body image issues for a while to reach out and get help if they need it or to just have a conversation um, with their friends or with their spouse or whoever they need to, whatever that next step is because I don't believe that we can live this full life that you have intended for us while we are so consumed with the vesicle that you gave us to experience this life. It is so much more than body. That is, it is just a vehicle to get from birth to death. And it's really about our soul and what we're here to do. So I love you so much. Please uh, open everybody's hearts and uh, let's rock and roll. Hey, Lauren. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? <laughs> I, I can. We've been having great tech tech uh, issues today. So let's hold our breath. On it's this Mercury. Day. It's Mercury. In retrograde. It stops at 1236 today. So like two minutes from the time we're recording this, we should be good. All right. Okay. So um, above and beyond having tech issues, Lauren, why don't you tell the listeners who is this other voice that's on the line? Okay, so my name's Lauren Brunslick, um, and I live in Northwest Wisconsin. Megan and I share a bestie. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband's from, so it's Rice Lake, Wisconsin. And it's where my husband's from, not me, but now I live here, and I've lived here for 10 years, so I guess I officially am from here now. It's kind of home now. <laughs> that's, that's home. I still don't know. Cool. I, I still identify that as my home and not where I have lived for the last 10 years, so it's okay to say. Right. So um, I'm 32. I'm a chiropractor. I have two clinics and two girls. Um, I'm married to a really cool guy named Kirby. If you hear me say Kirby throughout the podcast, that's that's him. That's him. That's him. Um, and about two, three months ago, I got a little bored, I guess, and started a podcast. So that's She Slays the Day. So when you reached out to me to come on, your podcast, I was like, yes, absolutely. But kind of like two things went through my head. Um, one, I don't know. I think this is like a really weird personality flaw of mine, or maybe it's a personality strength. Uh, but I oppose showing up in any sort of way, like well put together. <laughs> like, I never want someone to be like, oh my gosh, she's so perfect. It's like, oh no, girl, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> and so when you invited me on, I was like, okay, well, I am a health professional. I could come and talk about something, but it'd be way more fun to talk about my brokenness. Um, and 
I'm always like trying to do like time management, but like, what if we do this and that? And so I had reached out to you and said, what if we talk about like body image? Because I had hired you about to be my coach. And I said, and then we can use the recording on my podcast too. And I was like, yep, doing it. Let's do it. I've been waiting and waiting for a really good fit of that. And this is, I think that this is a really good environment to hit two audiences and to just be really open and honest about what coaching is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So then I should rewind a little bit to us talking about getting on each other's podcast to when I actually decided to hire you as Mm -hmm. a coach. Um, So like I said, I'm 32. I have my history with just body weight loss, all that stuff is I kind of went through, I don't know, you're just like normal, awkward middle schooler age. I was very chunky. I had heavy ortho, like orthodontic stuff happening, like glasses. Um, And I wasn't picked on, like I wasn't bullied or anything like that. I just really was, I don't know, invisible, like I had friends, but like what happened is, is over the course of, I don't know if it was hormones or um, like (laughs) a lot of subway, Jared was really big back then. Time in our age. (laughs) It was a very big time. Um, And I don't know. I showed up basically freshman year, 40 pounds less. The braces came off. It was like that moment. And she's all that where it's like, all of a sudden I had boys attention and I made the cheerleading squad and I had all these new friends who were at parties. And um, when I was reflecting on telling my, like who I am and my story on the podcast, I was like, huh, I never realized that that probably like all of a sudden I was no longer invisible. I was seen. And I think that that really cemented some unhealthy body image and self-worth stuff into my like neurology. If you will. It was the quintessential, you're going to be valued. You're going to be worthy when you look a certain way and not until you look a certain way. And what made it worse is like life validated it. It wasn't like just this rumor. Everybody notices suddenly you're beautiful when what were you before? Right. So, you know, that was freshman year. So basically freshman year till now, um, I stayed like I kind of what I call like found my default body. There was a couple like random years where like freshman year I gained like a freshman 30. Whoops. <laughs> um, and I had I have two girls and both of my pregnancies, I gained 70 pounds. But like I lost all that. And every time I kind of keep coming back to the same weight, um, just because I'm super effing nosy. I, I said effing. I didn't say the real thing. I'm so proud of I'm myself. Proud. You I'm working swear on. on here. It's it's well, you decide on Thank your you. podcast you. what you okay. want to do. I yeah. don't hold back. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, I where was I going with that? I got all distracted because I was so proud of so myself. Proud. This is a huge gold star. Um, you. <laughs> oh, I found my default yes, body. Yep. So like I um, I'm nosy. So I would want to know I'm five, eight and I'm 155 pounds. It's like, not relevant, but it's really just to say, like, I'm a very average body. Absolutely. Like, I'm not, um, 
model thin, but I'm also not, I don't qualify for like plus size model either. I'm like in that kind of very much a size eight, Mm -hmm. like, and I kind of barely, I have rarely been a size six and I sometimes am a 10 and like, that's just where I live. And it's my, it's my default body, not Chloe, not to be confused with Chloe Kardashian's (laughs) revenge body, which I think is probably way hotter than what I am, but default body. So I spent all these years kind of going like yo-yo diet because my default body wasn't there just without effort. What would happen is, is I would kind of fall off the bandwagon, gain five, seven pounds, see some picture where I look horrible. It would motivate me to find the next diet. I would lose that five, seven pounds, always want to lose an additional, but have a hard time doing it. I'd get comfortable. I'd gain weight. I'd lose weight. I'd gain weight. And so it was kind of in this swing. So I had heard you speak in January of this year, 2019, and I'd been following you and like your posts are very vulnerable. And I'm like, hmm, I can relate, but I don't need her. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. Just the next diet. I'll find the next diet. I don't even remember what it was. So I'm trying something. And then I think I saw a picture where I probably had like, I don't know, in my mind, I had like six chins and I, it's, it sent me through the normal shame cycle that I've always done. But this time something was different. Um, normally that shame cycle would motivate me to find the next yo-yo thing. Um, but I was like, I'm so done. I was like in tears talking to my husband and I'm like, I'm done. I'm 32. This body image baggage is too heavy and I'm sick of it. And so that's when I reached out to you not to like look for the next it thing, but I was like, I'm done. I'm too damn old to be having such immature thoughts about my body and this isn't good. And eventually my girls are going to see it. And so that kind of brings us up to present day, I guess. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're just I like very vividly remember our first conversation and like writing down notes of what you said. And it was very much of that point. It's just like carrying around this and anybody who is listening who has experienced that so many of us women like dieting all the time or always working out or always hating our body. Finally, it's just like, fuck, this shit is heavy. And I am carrying this. It, It consumes your every thought, every picture, every outfit, every day, what you're gonna eat, what you're not like all of that takes up so much space. Yeah. And it really did. And, you know, I think that when you're, I don't want to say that it was having kids in a business or, yeah, I don't know. I think for everybody, it's probably very different. I think that there are probably single women in their fifties who haven't gotten to the point where they're ready to give it up yet. Um, So I don't think kids or anything age it was just too much. It was like, yeah, I got, I can't keep wasting this much energy on this. I got shit to do. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, so we're about like six, seven weeks in now. Um, and it's been, it's been fun. It's been really fun to be honest. I'm not trying to like sell you. I'm like, anything really? Like are you, ta- are, are you being <laughs> honest with this conversation? Um, so the workouts have been fun and here's why, because I've never lifted weights. So I've always been like a cardio girl, Um, you know, you know, as cardio girls, we go to the gym and then we get on the treadmill for 45 minutes and then we get off and we do the stair stepper for 10 and we're do a couple abs and then we're done. We're we're done. Uh, So, you know, even in high school, I never 
squatted or bench pressed or anything like that. So that's what all of these workouts have been. And um, I think, is, I will say they take a really long time. So when I have people write into me asking about like, how do you, how do you fit it in? Like, how am I, how do you fit everything in? You know, that's the question that people like to ask. Um, and I'm like, well, I don't know how to answer it because I have this very, I'm very grateful for the work life that I have created that I'm very flexible until about two o'clock in the afternoon, Monday through Thursday and Friday, I don't work at all. So like, I don't have, I'm not due in my clinic until two or two 30. So it's like, well, how do I fit in? I wake up, I drink coffee, tell my kids to make their own breakfast because I'm still drinking my coffee. Pretend I'm supposed to like, I'm supposed to be journaling and meditating, but really I'm scrolling Instagram. I get my kids to school and then I show up to the gym sometime before nine o'clock. Uh, you know, and it's like, and then I spend an hour and a half. So that's, <laughs> that's, I guess my first question of like, I'm getting a little nervous because right now I'm enjoying it, but I don't think I can do four hour to hour and a half gym workouts a week for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So like, you're right. And I don't, right. And somebody who works, um, like in an office eight to six, what, what, what's your, what do you tell people there? Yeah. I, and that's a huge investment of your time. And so when we're talking about this, the first thing I say is that's where, when you work with a coach, that open and honesty needs to be number one. If, if, you're getting something and whether that's a workout, whether that's nutrition plans, whether that's whatever it is, if it doesn't fit for you, you gotta say it because it's your time. It's your investment. It's for you. And so number one is that just being open and honest. And two is we don't have to like my huge platform is like, how can you do less and get more? And that means, can you cut back a day at the gym? That means I can knock out a super effective workout. I've shared with Lauren, when I first started doing strength training, I worked out at home for 30 minutes, literally, actually 28 minutes, 28 to 30 minutes, four days a week, and my body changed. It wasn't drastic, but there was definitely change. And so you can be smart about how you can work out. You can play with circuits. You can play with time. You can manipulate different days. Like there's so many options. So don't ever think that there's a one size fits all. And you're right. If long-term that's not a fit, it's totally not worth it for you. So make what can be sustainable for your schedule. So when you were doing four 30 minute workouts a week, did diet play? I don't, I don't want to say more of a role. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess that's how I- Yeah. And unfortunately that's the sucky part of it. Like I love to work out, man. If working out like brought you everything, I'd be set. Like that would, that was never a struggle for me. It's the diet aspect that is more so probably 90% of it. Our bodies move. Workouts are meant to strengthen our body. They're meant to make them work more effectively and make them work more efficiently. Do you burn calories working out? Yes. Does your body change aesthetically, specifically with weight training? Yes. If your diet is crap 
or and I shouldn't be that harsh, but if you are not eating to fuel your body properly, you will not get sustainable results, period. What if you're super awesome about fueling your body for 22 out of 24 hours a day, but you kind of find the peanut butter jar and chips like right before bed. I'm I'm asking for a friend. Just, just a hypothetical question. Right. So no, that is something um, again that I very much struggle with. And what you've told me in previous coaching calls or in like kind of what I've heard is like, oh, you're, and maybe I, other people have said like, oh, you need to eat more throughout the day. And I'm like, I'm not actually hungry. I'm not starving earlier in the day. Like I probably get through my entire day, even with an intense workout and going to the clinic on like 300 calories of coffee and 400 calories of food. And then I eat dinner like a normal person, but I I honestly don't know if it comes to the fact that I wasn't fueling myself enough during the day, um, like with food and nutrients, as much as it might be like that emotional, okay, the kids are in bed. My husband and I are going to turn on big little eyes because Game of Thrones is over. Um, we're going to open that bottle of wine. And then about halfway through the bottle of wine, we're getting like, you know what? I just want a little, little crunchy something. And like, I don't know if I'm actually hungry in that moment. In fact, I'm probably not. So I don't know. Num, numbness, eating. Well, see, and this is where a huge part of coaching is just offering space because the quieter I am, the more the answers come to the person that's asking the questions. So first of all, in the conversations that we've had, honestly, and I'm going to call you out, like, do you think with all the things that you're doing mentally and physically with an hour and a half workout, if that was your workout for the day with working with doing it is realistically, if a patient came to you and said, I'm only eating 700 calories, I'm doing all of this. What would you tell them? Well, okay, I would tell them that's very bad for them. Yes. And that but I, it's bad, but it's not yeah. serving you as well as it can. But I will say, I do love the approach that you take of saying, I don't feel hungry. Like I, I'm listening to my body. If you really are, and that's where calling out your own bullshit comes in, not you, but all of us in general. Yeah. And saying, like, am is this like the mentality that I've always put? Like, do I think that this is or Am I really getting the sensation that I'm not hungry? And then don't eat if you're not hungry. So it's first looking at that, number one. Then the piece that you secondly said was in the same, the same question that you were asking yourself throughout the day, am I hungry? When it's, oh, you know, I'm looking for just something. I just like, I deserve this treat at the end of the day. I've done really well. Yep, I've I've done well. It's almost like I save calories earlier in the day because if you told me like, no, I want you to eat, I would actively be, I think the thought with that would go through my head is like, shit, this means I'm not going to be able to have that second glass of wine because I ate my full sandwich instead of my half sandwich or like, shoot, I'm going to have to be really good about not opening any munchies tonight. And so, oh man. That almost makes you be accountable. 
Yeah. And that's okay, okay too. Because you know what? Some people, yeah, it's not fun. But some people really do fuel that way. Like there's intermittent fasting. There's different styles of eating that honestly serve people differently. There's not yeah. one size fits all. But then it's coming back to the same question of, are you eating that out of habit? Are you eating it to numb your feelings? Like you said, are you eating it to totally self-sabotage yourself? Because in your mind, this is my body. All of this work is working really hard and I'm destined to be this way forever. My body will never be what I want it to be. I'm not worthy enough of what I want it to be. So subconsciously, I'm just going to kind of fuck myself because I'm going to be a thing. Totally. That can't be like, how is that a thing where it's like, if somebody is like, I am getting, I'm seeing some results because that's where I am. And that's also very frustrating. We can talk about that next. Um, but like, you know, the, the, the things, the scale is moving. I'm getting stronger. I'm starting to see things. I definitely am not where I want to be though. So like, why would I self-sabotage? Because your body continually is going to read what it feels, what it thinks, what you say, what you do. So if you're saying, yeah, you know what? First of all, I've done really good. Think about it. Like, I'll see the scale go down. In my struggles, it was like, wow, it went down. I'm justified in eating an extra spoon of peanut butter. But then that spoon turned into three spoons and then four spoons, but then the scale went up and then I could be like, Oh, you dummy. Like you did it again. Like we're in this cycle again. How dare you do it? The shame, blame, guilt, crap. Or if we're constantly telling our body, like, gosh, you did great, but you're not where you're at. Like, I still don't like you. Yeah. I'm getting stronger. I can see it. My arms, but my abs are still crap. Like my belly's still fat. I just wore a swimsuit. Nobody complimented me. I guess it's not work. Just saying nobody's, this isn't working. What are you going to do? Like you're feeding your brain that verbiage, that thought all day long. It's going to do what you're telling it to do. It's going to default. You know, it's been, I kind of touched on it. This whole idea, I I don't know if anybody can tell, I'm an Enneagram type three, uh, I deal with control, I don't want to say problems, um, needing control is something that's in my life, and I think a lot of people, you know, when you have lots of things happening, that's how we seek um, order, you know, mm-hmm. is instead of leaning into the chaos, we try and like hyper control, so what I've noticed is really been a struggle lately is I'm doing the thing. So I was talking to a friend who has like no body issues at all. I'm like, you and I are, we're different people. It's very nice. nice. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I think I would care more if I was trying, you know, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, this is what it is, but I'm not doing anything for it. And I'm like, yeah, so that's where we're different is I, right now I'm in this phase there have been phases where I'm not doing anything um but I feel like I'm eating the right things I'm working out and I feel like my results should be different and so it's it's less about what the results actually are I think internally as much as it is more I don't have control over this like what what do you mean it should be an equation 
you eat this, you do that body looks this way. And it's really frustrating that I don't think that's how it works. It's not, you know, that's the one thing that everybody told us like is calories in versus calories out. You exercise X amount of time and like, bam, it's solved. There's so, that's why you're like, is that a real thing? Yeah. There's so much more that goes into it. Our mindset, our hormones, like if we're constantly in this like stress of control, because I'm the same way, control soothes me, quote unquote. But in reality, every single time in my life where I have been fighting so hard for control, disordered thoughts, actions, and behaviors were totally controlling me. And I had no fucking control over it Mm -hmm. every single time. And so when you release that, when your body calms down, when things even out, you're not soothing your emotions with food at the end of the night. You don't need to because you're breathing. Your body's not holding on to tension. That's inflammation. That's stress. Your cortisol level, your hormones get jacked up. You, when we release that control and those expectations, we open ourselves up for what we're really wanting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And when you were talking about that, it kind of paired with what we were talking about too of the nighttime eating and like numbing, um, Kirby told me about my uh, study that's been done a long time ago, but basically they've proven that willpower and self-control is almost like a muscle. It fatigues. Mm -hmm. So I am likely controlling, controlling, controlling all day long from the moment I wake up, not too much creamer. Nope. I will do cold brew, not a latte, like only one pump. You know, all of these things are about coffee, but that's because it's before 5 PM. Um, but just so, think you know, how much mental capacity those yeah. things that you just said are doing already in the beginning of your day. Yep. And then by the time I get to 8 PM and it's, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not going to say I'm not crazy because yeah uh but like this does not consume me 24 7 by any means but I think it might be kind of a thread anytime you know breakfast snacks lunch dinner uh, drinks things like that come up it's there's this like machine in the background going like choose this not that do this do that so by the time I get to 8 or 9 p.m I've just fatigued the fuck out of my willpower. And it's like, I'm done and I'm done. And I've talked to you too about how this happens on a bigger scale um, every time I go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Because right before vacation, I don't know if anybody else does this, I am always like, need to lose that five pounds right before vacation. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if I'm going skiing in Vail and I'm going to be in like a big puffy suit. Well, she is going to be pounds. five pounds less, people. <laughs> right. And so it's just like, I use all of this self control uh, one, two, three weeks up before the vacation. And then it is like, I get on vacation and I'm like, what? (laughs) Give me all of it because I've just exhausted that muscle. Exhausted it in the same thing. What pattern do you constantly subconsciously associate vacation with? Vacation means one month before I am controlled to a T. Everything is perfect as we say it can be. I lose my five pounds. Vacation means I get my reward. I'm going to give myself my reward. That means all the things, including all the alcohol, all the treats, all the sweets. And bam, now like I'm telling myself again, this is a pattern. 
this is what my body gets. This is what I'm worth. This is what my body defaults to. Okay. So how do we kind of, so now what the heck? I've never do? paralleled that. I've never paralleled. I've realized the vacation mode thing and um, I'll share. I know I told you already, but it was actually on our most recent uh, mini vacation down to Lake Geneva with our family that I really realized how bad that pattern had gotten um, where, so my eldest, Charlie, who's seven, she has dairy issues. So it's not like so bad that, um, you know, we'll ask for like a cheeseburger with no butter on the bun or no cheese. Like she can handle that, but like she does not do well on yogurt, straight up milk, ice cream, things like that. So we're on vacation and it's about 36 hours in and she is having, um, some of these old signs like wet bed, bedwetting um, and having bowel issues. And I look back and I'm like, oh, she's had three like ice cream stores in the last 36 hours. Now she's seven. She didn't drive to the ice cream store. I took her there. I literally pointed it out and was like, ah, ice cream. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am already training her. We would never, like ice cream's a treat. She gets it once or twice a month during the summer in our house when we're home. But like, here I am just like, of course you can have treats. <laughs> of course there's dessert after lunch and breakfast and cookies. For bre and I'm like, oh. And so I came back from that talking to you like, okay, we got to handle this vacation mode thing because I am totally setting up a pattern in my seven-year-old that I'm trying to break at 32. And I don't want her to go through that. Mm -hmm. So that was helpful. And but tying it to the nine o'clock thing now, I'm like, oh, I do it on a micro scale every day. Exactly. I was just going to say, you know, we like we do that in such like macro versions and micro versions. And the other question that I asked you is, and we talked about, it's not that having ice cream is inherently bad, but does it make Charlie feel good? Clearly not. So it's not honoring that. It's also not that like we're cutting this out and we never can have it. But why do we put that? time on a pedestal why are you not having why don't you have ice cream every night at your house like what does it matter if you did that on a Tuesday yeah yeah just finding instead of having these two modes of self-control and out of control it's it's just not black one. and white yeah okay so <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna say on this one of the other main conversations that we keep having and I would say is a major block still um, and I need more coaching on is this whole self-love acceptance thing um so for people who don't know me I am like the most confident insecure person you'll ever meet <laughs> like, it's like anybody who ever hears like wait a minute you have any insecurities in life I'm like yes I do because I walk around with this like there's some things I just don't give a shit and then all these other things that I care extensively about like why didn't they put a smile like if my friend doesn't put a smiley face after their text I'm like oh my god she's mad she's totally mad and I have called like six seven times leaving voicemails are you mad at me I'm really sorry so anyway that was just my craziness and ADD coming because we just need some validation right yeah all comes back to that but the self-love 
So when I think of self-love, I think of acceptance. Is this true? It's a huge part of what self-love is. Self-love is not sunshine and rainbows. It's not every day waking up and loving yourself. I am still on my self-love journey. I think we all continue to be every day. I am a much more evolved person. Um, The story that I've shared with you, Lauren, and with my listeners over and over again is you cannot, you cannot change your body if you do not start coming from a place of love. Can you in the short term? Absolutely. Does the short term bring you any kind of actual deep satisfaction or gratitude or love? No. The most miserable time in my life was when I was my smallest. Easily, easily 25 pounds smaller than I am now. I was awful human. I hated myself more than I ever have. My body was disgusting. I was disgusting. I was anxious. I, my life was just crumbling, but it should have been perfect. Like I was finally small. Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't because I still hated myself internally. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, this isn't working. What's wrong? And dove into that avenue of acceptance, which is, like you said, that self-love. It's not, I still don't look in the mirror every day and be like, I got it. I love every piece of me. I feel great every day. We were going to do this on Zoom. And I was like, don't judge me because I look like crap today. Like, I still pick up our parts of my body, but I can catch myself when I'm doing it which is the first step of just realizing it and knowing that my outward body is not why people love me. It's not my, when people think of me, I hope it's my message. I hope it's my spirit. I hope it's my vibrations and energy that people love, not my physicality. And self-love doesn't also mean great. Well, here I am. Like I'm stuck here. Like I love myself now. I can never change it. It doesn't mean that we can't. Yeah. That's the big like opposition that I think I I know I need to get over is when I go like, okay, so if I love and accept my body, I associate that with, I accept that this is what I will look like at its peak for the rest of my life and it won't get better. And so you can imagine that that is something that I will I actively would like turn and run from of like no 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 I will love my body in five ten more pounds then I'll accept it and love it for the rest of the life it can stay that weight and that look for the rest but I, I I can't accept this yet because if I accept the way my stomach looks why how would it get more toned like how that's that's what I don't understand of like where's the motivation coming from oh, this is going to sound icky. My crazy is going to show here. Where does the, oh God, I don't even, where does the motivation come from to improve if it's not coming from that asshole inside of us that says like, ew, ew, that's what your stomach looks like. How do you motivate your employees? How do you motivate your children? Money. Money. That's a good one. That's a positive. Do your children motivate when you tell them that they're worthless piles of crap 
or do they motivate when you give them something positive? Yeah, definitely more that. So what would that look like? Like, literally, I need you to tell me, like, how would I, so standing in front of a mirror, naked as fuck, and I'm like, hmm, that's, that's a stomach that I love, but want to improve. What's the self-talk there? Like, what's the script? Self-talk, first of all, is looking at your whole package. Are you just your stomach? No. Are there a zillion other things about yourself that you could choose to say that you like? Or are you just going to one narrow in on one square inch of your body? Yeah, we're just going to narrow in on the square inch that I hate. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're going to continue to feel that way. I'm a perfectionist. Uh, so I, Kirby would even say, like, I'll come home and like the whole house is mostly clean except for the dishes. I'm like, why did he not load the dishes? So again, uh, this carries out in other places where I find like the one thing that's not perfect and that is where all of my attention goes like right now I'm like yeah yeah, yeah. I don't mind I, my arms I don't hate them my legs I don't hate them my butt kind of looking nice stomach like this just all of my energy goes into the thing that's not going right why are you putting all your energy to something that isn't serving you well I don't because I don't know how to not choose not like, to. and I also associate I think I might also associate it with the level of success in life, it kind of comes back to that, like, well, what would motivate me? You know, so like, let's take it away from body image for Mm -hmm. a second. If, um, if I look at my practice, you know, and I'm like, okay, we are down 5% profitability this year. All of a sudden my energy goes towards like, okay, we need to improve this and it will recover. These are the action steps we're going to do. And in my mind, I have like, well, if I didn't focus on what was going wrong, I wouldn't be as successful. And like the same thing with the body of like, well, if I don't focus on the part of my body that I like least and like make an action plan, like then what hope do I ever have of improving that? Yeah. And, and it's very it, like when you can scale it onto something different, then sometimes we can look at it differently. So right now, would you say that your stomach is 5% away from what it needs to, or is it like 75% away from what it needs to be? Well, and this is where we come back to like, is it ever going to be, is there a finish line? Uh Is there actually, because I can tell you when we go again, back to practice, you know, I shared this story, um, that when I first graduated chiropractic school, I was like, I only want to adjust a hundred people a week. I will be super happy if I could just do that. And then I got like close and I was like 150, 150, I'll be happy. And then I got to 150 and it was like 250. Yep. I got close to 250 and I doubled it 500. And, you know, and so it's like, I kind of realize now that if I was adjusting a thousand people a week, I mean, not me personally, but like our team, I think I would still be looking to what's next for that happiness. And more than likely, so when you ask like, well, what percentage is your stomach to where you want it? I don't know that realistically knowing myself and my past that I would ever get to a point where I wouldn't find something to be like, "Mm, this, I'll be happy this, I'll be happy then when Mm -hmm. because when we seek validation from external things it's never going to be 
It's never going to be enough. And you contradict yourself in the story of your business. Yes. Do you look at success monetarily or volume wise and saying, wow, we're down 5%. What do we need to do to remedy this? Yeah, you did. That helps you. That's a motivator. But what was also thriving you in the story that you just told of, I'm going to see 100. Ooh, now 150 thrives me. Ooh, now 200 thrives me. You were busting your tail when you were thriving by increasing that number, by feeling that positive motivating in the same way that you did from the negative. So have you tried to do positive motivators with yourself versus always the negative motivators? I've only tried. Well, I mean, I wasn't consciously doing negative motivators, but I don't think I've ever done positive motivators. Again, like I'm not really sure. I think I interrupted you, but like, I don't know what that would look like and sound like. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's number one, it's a choice. It is choosing to not narrow in, in the same way that if we have a bad day, if my whole day is ruined because I had the best day of my life, I had a great day at work, my family was wonderful, everything happened, but at 7.30 at night, oh man, I spilled a cup of water and oh crap, like my day's done, like what a shit day, it's awful, this was the worst thing that ever happened to me. We get to choose what we want to focus on. If you say, I like my arms, and we're going to change your language because it's not like my arms are okay, my legs are okay. I like the way that my arms look right now. I like the way that my legs look right now. My butt is looking really great. Why are we not leading with three positives? And why are we narrowing in on one negative? And it's easy to say. It's easy for me to stand on this side and tell you that. I very much understand that. But you have to ultimately own your power. Here's where you can control. Control what you are going to focus on. Is it going to be positive or is it going to be negative? Okay, I can do that. So one of the exercises that you gave me two weeks ago was to like really feel, uh, like sit in the feeling of feeling proud or good about something. Mm-hmm. Um And that kind of like, it was working really well. So I was wearing a swimsuit and feeling strong, feeling comfortable in the swimming suit. But none of my friends said anything all day long. And I'm like around like half naked around my girlfriends, like kind of like doing like this booty stance. Like, (laughs) are you going to like comment on like how great my booty looks or anything and no one said anything and I'm like and so then it just like shut all of that like you know what you were wrong to think you looked good you were wrong to feel good in the swimming suit you actually look terrible otherwise somebody would have said something okay maybe not terrible but you didn't look as good as you felt otherwise they would have said something and I'm like shoot that's that can't be healthy either well and I think that comes back to the exact same story that you shared with us in the beginning and also Um, so many of the experiences that you've shared today. What, what was your marker of you being loved and accepted when you were a freshman in high school? Yeah. Their attention, their attention, because changing the way you looked gave you positive validation from everybody else around you. It gave you attention. It made you feel good because it feels nice to be told nice things about ourselves 
And that's a lot of, I mean, this gets deep and like crazy, like into society as well, but like, is it not just as meaningful if your friends told you when you were hanging out, like, oh my gosh, did you see what you are doing with your business? Like you are running two clinics, you have a podcast that's successful, you're doing this, you have children that you're raising, you have like, they can tell you all these positive things and these great things about you that have nothing to do with physical looks. And you're like, oh yeah, thanks, fine, whatever, if you accept that or not. But why is suddenly giving a validation on how you look physically far more outweighing what they say about anything else internally? Because that's what I'd been focusing on. I think if, yep. if my mind and energy had been focused on growing the business and like doing that over the last few weeks and they would have complimented that, then it's, I think it still would have been. So it doesn't stay mm-hmm. with body image, um, you know? So, okay. So how do I, all right. So what do I do? <laughs> you need to help me. I'm so broken. No, you're not. You're normal. Like we joke about it and like we laugh about it, but like, I guarantee that everybody else listening to this is like, yeah, so, so what do I do? Like, where do I pick this up from? And honestly, a lot of it is, this is the hard shit. Yeah. The working out's not always easy, but you can do it. Yeah. The eating, we tackle that, but it has a lot more to do with emotion than actually food. Cause it never really be honest, has anything to do with food. Um, it's that mindset. It's like, where do I start to shift that? And for you, you've taken the first step of being very aware of it. That's number one. We don't notice. We don't notice our language. We don't notice our thoughts constantly because that's just what we've been programmed to do for so long. It's sitting in it. It's feeling it. And then it's actually choosing. Like I can sit in my shit and play victim or I am going to focus on the things I like. I am going to add in affirmations. I am going to do things to celebrate my body. I am going to work on what avenues can I do to focus on mindset? What tools do I have? Who can I outreach to to help me in that? Because unless we tackle that internal work, unless we rewire those thoughts in the brain, it's not going to change. You're going to continue to self-sabotage yourself. And another really strong question that I ask a lot of people and Lauren, I don't know if we've discussed this, but ultimately, like, where does that fear of being fat or where does that fear of having a stomach that's not flat or having thighs that don't gap? Like, okay, hold on. Is there really people walking around that this whole thigh gap thing we've also never talked about? Is that a real thing? I've like, seen there it, are people unfortunately. I can't look good in real life. No. It doesn't. But see, in my mind, I thought that I would. And when I kind of actually had it, I was a fucking hot mess and I didn't see it. So it, even if it is real, well, God bless their genetics. If I it think is. it's a unicorn. I don't think it's real. Well, like, I feel no. like it has to do with how your hip, like, hip placement as the chiropractor, maybe you can give into that or like oh, pelvic alignment. I bet you their hips are like internally wrote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Brand new marketing thing for our business. There you go. How to get (laughs) get you a thigh gap. We're just going to adjust you incorrectly. (laughs) We're going to give you this so your body looks just banging, but you won't see it because you still hate yourself. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Maybe that was a bad marketing. Yeah. But (laughs) flash mode. Okay. So what's my biggest fear about if I, it's just letting yourself go. I like, I think I have no. Um, I'm actually very anti-fat shaming. 
Um, like I'm very sensitive to it anytime, um, you know, I hear anybody like, oh, did you hear she, see she gained 10 pounds? I'm like, ooh, it like makes a really icky feeling. So I don't think it's that my fear is like, oh no, I'm going to be fat. It's uh, against my like wiring that I associate, or sorry, it is my wiring that I associate letting go of that, letting go of those negative baggage, whatever, as letting myself go. And if I let myself go, then... Then nobody loves me because nobody loved me when I was in eighth grade, but they sure did when I was a freshman. They'll love me. I'll just be broke as F and like not be able to show my ribcage midriff. Just my favorite part. (laughs) Mine too. That's why you get really high-waisted everything. Super high-waisted. You know that inch right below the sports bra? That's my sexiest. Yeah, everybody's. (laughs) Everybody's. So like I would lose that. Like no, my husband would still love me. Like I've my kids would still love me and that would be fantastic. And honestly, my business would still, but well, no, because like I said, I associate letting go with like all the success. So, so if I let go in one area, the whole thing's just going to implode. So there you've reached it again. Like when we focus so much on one thing and we really dive into it, it has nothing to do with your body. It's if I let this part of me go, then everything else cascades down. Yeah, my business, like that is where that mindset work in. And the question that I'm going to ask too, like, as we kind of do with our coaching calls, as this very much has been is, okay, so it's a lot, they can be really heavy. It's like, you kind of get to a point where it's like, all right, I need, I need (laughs) to like, I need to stop talking to you. (laughs) I need to just digest everything that's happened. But then you do that with some homework. And the question that I'm going to leave you with And that I want you to is because also, as all the listeners can guess, one coaching call doesn't fix you. One day at the gym doesn't make your body look banging. One salad doesn't suddenly make you lose 10 pounds. Like all of this is a chosen work in progress that you choose to because you think that you have value to. You think that you are worth working on yourself. But the question, Lauren, that I'm going to leave you with is, have you actually tried to release it? Like, you hold so tight on that control. Think about, like, have you ever led with not doing that? And what would your life be like if just for a week, we never have to do anything long term? What if for two weeks, what if a week, you just released leading with that? and chose something different. And that's what you can sit on and think on. Like, what what would happen? Like, I held so tightly to control of my, um, my macros and tracking my food. And I, I had this death grip on because that's all I knew. And I was so scared to let it go. Guess what? I finally released it. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop for a week. And the apps on my phone, I can track it if I want to, I I can do whatever I want midday if I want to. And things changed in a really positive way. That's a very small example. But like, what happens if we stop leading with that fear and just try something? Try. 
I can do that. Very I can try. Nice. I will tell you, it makes me very nervous. It should. But I'm willing to try because I'm paying you. you and if I'm not going to listen to your homework, then <laughs> that's yeah. stupid. Yeah. So, okay. I can, I can work on that. There we go. Well, this is a really weird way to end a podcast. I like, I think both of us are very used to like, you know, tight wrapping up things in a nice little bow, but, um, it's kind you know, of life. This is, it is, it is totally life. And honestly, even these like huge conversations and topics that we each tackle, like we pretend like, okay, well, there was my 45 minutes on that topic. So now that's solved and on the shelf. So, so it's more real life. Yeah. Well, thanks, Megan. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for the idea. Thanks for doing it. And I am going to wrap it up in one tiny little way because my control freakness cannot. (laughs) So like as we digress from coaching status, and maybe I should ask my coaching clients this, but every person that's on my podcast has to answer the question of what does being fierce mean to you? Oh, man. I think you probably should have prepared me for this. That's okay. I like off cuff. I don't Um, like preparedness. So I think Beyonce's fierce. So can I say embodying Beyonce, but not like body. Like she just carries this like, I don't give a fuck this. She's just doing her. Yep. Um, So yeah Sasha Fierce isn't that her like her like alter ego I think it is maybe that's what you associate but it's true yeah we just need to get you an alter ego yep well well, we figured it out we figured it out perfect Lauren Fierce is not cool enough so we'll we'll take recommendations from the list send it in let her let her know (laughs) what we can change it to awesome well thank you Lauren thanks Megan all right. Oofta. Um, hopefully that was rougher for me than it was for you. Um, and also hopefully I didn't scare you guys away now that you see all my broken shards of glass. I don't think that's how that phrase goes, but whatever. Uh, don't worry. Next week we are going back to normal and I am being my put together self and we're tackling imposter syndrome um, and that feeling of uh, being found out as a fraud or not knowing or not being enough. So I'm sure that won't get vulnerable at all. (laughs) Um, So if you didn't pick up, I think I said somewhere, Megan has her own podcast, Fit and Fierce podcast. It's really great. Um, Most of the episodes are not her coaching. I think this is the first one. Uh, Most of them are just her talking about a lot of different female vulnerable topics. It's really cool. She tackles everything from miscarriages to, well, now that's the only thing that I can think of, but lots of other stuff. Um, So make sure you follow her. And then also you can see that coaching with Megan is, I don't know, hopefully it came across how cool and unusual she is in the health and fitness world. Um, You know, I kind of warned her that, people were going to listen to this and want to talk to her and reach out. And so I actually finagled us a coupon code, you guys, uh, for 20% off. So she's got different, three different programs that you can do. You could reach out to her and just have her put together some workouts. Um, This is where I aspire to get to, (laughs) where I don't need all the handholding. But I'm just the kind of person, like, I know I can go on Pinterest and put together, like, find, like, 
butt workouts for be like Beyonce does. Um, but then what happens is I get to the gym and I'm like a third of the way through and I'm like, this is boring. And so then I just decide to be done. So it's nice having somebody put something together. And I know she's going to be like, well, wh why did you quit? Why did you stop halfway through the workout? I'm like, because I got bored. So you can't do that when you're paying someone. Um, also, you could do just workouts and food. And that's where she's going to be helping you figure out your macros. Or you can do what you just heard and do workouts, food, and the one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, I personally think that if you're stuck at a point in health and fitness where you're thinking of reaching out to Megan, I would definitely recommend at least doing, um, you know, the coaching, the one-on-one -on -one coaching in the beginning, because a lot of times, you know, especially since most of us listening are healthcare professionals, we know the macros, we know the workouts, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but there's something a lot more metaphysical that is in our way. And that's where she's going to dig, dig deep. And uh, don't worry, you can just be vulnerable with her, not in front of a thousand people. So in order to find out more about Megan, um, go to sheslayspodcast.com forward slash fierce. For those of you though that are slightly dyslexic, fierce is F-I-E. RCE. Um, there's going to be more information about her different coaching styles and ways for you to connect with her. Then when you are doing your free intro call with her, just mention that you listen to this podcast, uh, She Slays Podcast, and she will give you 20% off your first month. So I hope that this, I don't know, I hope this brought up feelings in a great way for you. Um, I hope that this is not a taboo conversation for women. I know that we're supposed to keep on the self-love and not admit that there's an opposite to that, which sometimes comes across as self-hate. Um, I don't hate myself at all. Don't You guys don't have to worry about me. Um, but to get to a point of self-love, you're admitting that there may be hurdles in the way. And I think we need more people stepping up and talking and being honest about the journey of getting to that place. So I love you all so much. I did this for you. I made this for you. So if you want to reach out again, please do not reach out and tell me you think I'm pretty and I look great in a swimming suit. I, that's not, it's not what I need. I need to know that this helped you and sparked conversation within yourself to get closer to that journey of self-love. So again, love you all so much and I will see you next week. Hey, she slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, 
It's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.